come back to the near side, pick six. You see that cut out of the way, Jack Jones. Make it to Hunter, lofted towards the end zone. Hello and welcome back to Pacific Point of View. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colt Almodova. And together we are the Pacific Point of View. Coming off of a pretty relatively quiet week nine as far as things go. But uh, we'll get into it. We'll talk about uh, something that surprised us from the quiet weekend. You surprised? <laughs> surprised, Eddie? <laughs> if I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. All right, Hayden. Uh, what had your head sewn to the carpet? The Yukon Huskies took out Boston College. Did you guys see that? 13-3. to I was cheering for them that whole game. It was awesome. That was their first win over Boston College since their inaugural matchup in 1908. UConn has since gone 0-11-2. Get this. That was UConn's first Power 5 win since September 17th, 2016, when they beat Virginia 13-10. to Wow. And UConn's already up to four wins this year. That's the most they've had since 2015, which is also the last time they went to a bowl game. On the flip side, Boston College is in a rough spot. They're 2-6. and six. Their head coach, Jeff Halfley, probably on the hot seat now. Oh, yeah. he's. Uh, it's just been a brutal year up there at Boston College, and their remaining schedule not looking good. Duke on the road against NC State at Notre Dame, Syracuse. So... Very real possibility Boston College goes 2-10 and 10 and has a head coaching vacancy. It's not many times that you see a defensive end almost single-handedly win a game by himself, and that's exactly what JT Tui Moloau did this weekend yeah. for Ohio State. Like Two fumbles recovered, uh, two interceptions. One of them was a pick six. He had two sacks as well. This guy was all over the place. Uh, I saw Emmanuel Acho budges uh, favorite person, favorite <laughs> analyst out there, talking about how this might have been the greatest defensive performance since Ndamukong Sue did it, I believe, like 15 years ago. Um, so Tui Moloau definitely has my national Wheaties of the week. Yeah, Emmanuel Acho, uh, shout out to Theo Ash for dunking on him on Twitter, because I, I was waiting for somebody to do it, um, and I don't have a big enough following to do it yet. But uh, my surprise... No upsets in the Pac-12. I mean, mm. how often can you say that? It almost feels like there's a storm brewing for this Week 10 in the Pac-12. I mean, it's just too quiet right now. Um, and then, yeah, UConn. I mean, they have, like, a legit home field advantage this year. They've now beat Fresno State and Boston College at home. That's that's pretty good. But uh, I wouldn't have been disappointed if, if – or wouldn't have been disappointed, but I, I, I would have allowed it if, if you decided to give JT – the Wheaties this week because he was oh, so great. you would have allowed it. I would have allowed it. I would have allowed that to pass by. But let's talk about who was actually eating their Wheaties. Better get your whole brain. I better eat my Wheaties. All right, Colt, let's see who I'm allowing you to eat their Wheaties. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny way to put it. Uh, freshman wide receiver punt returner uh, from Colorado, Jordan Tyson. Okay, he had five receptions for 115 receiving yards, a receiving touchdown also an 88-yard touchdown return. He accumulated 246 all-purpose yards. That is, Hayden, the most by a freshman in Colorado Buffalo's history. Wow. wow. That's quite impressive. You know what else was impressive was uh, in that same game, ASU tight end 
Jalen Conyers, who had arguably the single best tight end performance in Arizona State football history in ASU's 42-34 win over the Buffs in Colorado. He had six catches for 108 yards, but three touchdowns. That is the first three-touchdown performance by a tight end in ASU history. And this is the school that's had, uh, I forget his name, Zach Miller and Todd Heap. Those are two great tight ends who went on to play in the NFL. So shout out to Jalen Conyers. And it's great to see him have really his breakout game because he was one of the most hype transfer prospects, if you will, from a couple classes ago coming in from Oklahoma. So it was uh, it was nice to see him break out. And he shouted us out on Instagram. That's so what that was I was cool. about to say. Most important part of the stat line is one repost and one tag from Jalen Conyers. Uh, eating their Wheaties, I mean, there were two other guys that I had to choose between because they were just some elite performances. Zach Charbonnet, I'm going to pick because he had 21 carries for 198 yards and three touchdowns against a Stanford defense that was playing pretty good. And DTR didn't even have that great of a game. He didn't need to have that great of a game. Um, And it would be a crime to not shout out Caleb Williams. He threw, I think, five touchdowns. He had a career high in passing yards. Um, It was against the Arizona defense, which is why I ultimately sided with Charbonnet. But even more impressive, he was without his top two wide receivers. He didn't have Jordan Addison. He didn't have Mario Williams. And shout out to the Utes. No rising, no Tavion Thomas on the road on a Thursday and they survived that game. That was impressive. I've got a bonus Wheaties as well. I'm going to go with my internal alarm clock. So I got home from work today, <laughs> and I took a nap. And right before I took a nap, I set my alarm uh, to 7 o'clock. Uh, I woke up at 7 o'clock. I checked my phone. I actually set my alarm for 7 o'clock a.m., wow. which would wow. be tomorrow. Uh, so <laughs> there's a great chance that I could have slept through this entire show and I've uh, been hearing it tomorrow on Spotify. <laughs> wow. Well, that's that's a very clutch moment. Your your internal alarm clock was eating its Wheaties. Yes, sir. Um, but, you know, with every person that's eating their Wheaties, much like Colt's alarm clock, uh, <laughs> you're eating your Fruit Loops and uh, not performing well. So, Colt, why don't we start with you? Who's eating their Fruit Loops? Yeah, Tanner McKee maybe should have slept through this game. I mean, the guy sucked this past weekend. 13 of 29, only 115 passing yards. Tutty in a pick, a QBR of 12.6. Just Stanford was abysmal this weekend against UCLA, and Tanner McKee had a large uh, part to do because of that. Stanford was abysmal this week against UCLA, and we would be remiss not to talk about their front seven that got absolutely shredded by Zach Charbonnet, like you mentioned, Budge, and DTR on the ground, and a wide receiver, Kashmir Allen. Those three guys, Charbonnet, a quarterback, and a wide receiver, combined for five rushing touchdowns in 324 yards on the ground. And Stanford's defense, like you mentioned, seemed like they've been getting better each and every week, and it just all fell apart this week. Uh, Only Arizona and Colorado have allowed more rushing yards than Stanford. So their run defense has been absolutely atrocious. Yeah, it has not been good. Um, shout out to the uh, the Almadovas and the Webers that are uh, lighting up the chat right now. Looks Let's like, go. Wow. Looks like the conversation straight a little bit away from football. We got some talk about when it's okay to start watching Christmas movies. But um, <laughs> all right, <laughs> when do you guys think it's okay to start watching Christmas movies? Um, I think it's okay. November twenty fifth, the day after yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I'll, I'll say after after Thanksgiving. Okay, I that's... think Costco has had Christmas trees for the past like two months mm-hmm. already. It's I, that's unreal. pretty out, out of pocket. I you know I didn't realize that not a lot of people in Arizona don't cut their own trees down. 
Like, Where are you going to get a Christmas tree? I know. Well, I know. I know. But like, <laughs> it's sad. Yeah. I feel like, don't we have the technology to make trees grow here somehow? Yeah. I mean, I I was allergic to Christmas trees as a kid. Oh, so wow. That's, so why, that's, a, that's, that's why. That's a holiday party foul. Yeah. That's what that is. Sorry about that. I've never cut my own tree. You haven't? And why you guys don't have Christmas trees? I think we do. I think we just, we've just never done it. In Oregon, it's like a thing. If you have a fake tree, it's not like a sign of status. It's like a sign of shame. Like, oh, you have a fake tree. Like, you, you aren't willing. I, I've legitimately gone out and I've sawed the tree down before. It's very fun. Yeah. How can you not cut down a tree in Oregon? I mean, if you yeah, put that tree I mean, in a shipping container, that's probably the one that was in my house. Because we just <laughs> get the ones off the mats and boats. But you got real trees. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well... I respect that. Um, probably more expensive than, because like, if oh yeah, the self-cut trees are like forty bucks usually, which, when, when, not, when I, I think, think it's like a hundred bucks in Hawaii. I'm not really? kidding. Yeah. Well, okay. Supply and demand. I mean that that makes it. I would expect it to be more than a hundred actually, because I mean, that's anyways. My my <laughs> I haven't even said my Fruit Loops player. My guy that was eating my Fruit Loops, Jack Plummer. Jack Plummer, twenty of thirty-three, two hundred fourteen yards, a touchdown, two picks and a fumble though is the part that I would like to shout out. Uh, just a pretty uninspired performance from Plummer in a game where the rest of Cal's team was playing pretty inspired. The ending score of that game was 42-24. The MacGuffin was on the line. Whoa. But for Jack Plummer, you know, that's just not going to... Didn't he get benched late or was that an injury? He did. Uh, Kai Milner, so the Gilbert a, guy, That was a legit in. benching. Mm-hmm. It was a Gilbert guy. Yeah, he's from Gilbert. Oh. And yeah. his first name's Hawaiian, Kai. Yeah. So shout out Gilbert for that one. That's impressive. Um, let's jump ahead and look at the big picture and uh, because it is week 10, we have our first college football playoff rankings finally. And, uh, well, what are you guys' thoughts? I had a couple thoughts. I thought it was a very bold claim by the committee to put Oregon ahead of USC. And I think that's mm. a huge vote of confidence for the Ducks. Because the kind of the thing going against Oregon is that big loss yeah. to Georgia. So USC has the better loss. Or, excuse me, well, yeah, actually they do. USC has a better loss, one-point loss on the road against Utah. So that was that was kind of up for debate about which was the better Pac-12 playoff candidate, and I think the committee has spoken, at least for now. What I learned was uh, if you play Hawaii, that does not increase your non-conference schedule because that's <laughs> what happened with Michigan. They got dropped down to five. Clemson took that four spot. Also, LSU was uh, ranked number 15 in the AP poll, but in the playoff poll, they're 10. So I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, I mean, as far as as far as that goes, I really like that Michigan was below Clemson. I thought Clemson, resume-wise, is better. However, following the same logic that puts Clemson over Michigan, the committee should have also put TCU over Bama, because based on current resume and ranked wins and... Like, I just felt like it feels like sometimes they just go, eh, eye test here, resume here, and they just kind of throw Brand, it together. you yeah. know, oh, it's Alabama, we'll just put them exactly. above TCU. LSU, I think they're, I don't necessarily hate them being at 10. I, I see that they wanted to put them above Ole Miss, who they just beat head-to-head, so yeah. I respect that. But then at the same time, it's like, wait a minute, you've got a two-loss Utah team that just beat a one-loss USC team. Why is Utah not above USC using the same logic? But, you know, they don't put me in the committee room, so I, I don't really have a say. But Tennessee at number one. That's a W for college football. But that's it not is. the most important team that's in that top 25, is it, Budge? No, it, uh, you're right. I don't know how I, I uh, didn't mention Oregon State, 23rd. How about that? One spot higher than the AP poll. I, I mean, I could see them, me personally, I would potentially put them over even Wake Forest and NC State. But yeah. uh, 
we've got a chance to go earn it this weekend. A big Friday game that we'll talk about later, obviously. But based on these first rankings that have come out, what can you see the playoff picture shaking out like? All right. Ohio State. Okay. I, is this what we think is going to like happen? Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. It's going to get a little crazy in this scenario. Uh, Ohio State, undefeated, they're in. Clemson, undefeated, they're in. Okay. Georgia, as a one-loss SEC champion, but their one loss is not to Tennessee. Whoa. And it is not in the SEC championship game. More on that later in a couple weeks or next week. Okay. Okay. Uh, so Georgia, as a one-loss SEC champ, and Oregon, as a one-loss Pac-12 champ. So Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Oregon. That's my final four. Okay, Colt. I've got number one, Georgia. I think they're going to go undefeated and run the table. I've got number two, Ohio State, undefeated and running the table. Number three, I got Tennessee. And number four, I got Clemson. The reason why I have Tennessee above Clemson is just purely based on matchups. I don't think that the committee would do Georgia versus Tennessee in the first round of the playoff because it's already happened in the regular season. Yeah, and they um, want that double SEC championship game. Exactly. So that's my four. I have Clemson going undefeated, getting the nod over a one-loss Oregon. I think TCU, by the end of the season, will have two losses, especially after they play in the Big 12 championship game. And I think Bama is losing this weekend. Okay. I Ooh, okay. I, I don't want to spoil my... my picks for this week so i'm just going to say the four teams i have in there i've got tennessee georgia ohio state and clemson in there well um teams. yeah i think i do think the one thing i will say is i do think clemson sustains a loss between now and then i won't reveal quite where that is yet but out of your four who do you see winning the championship at this point ohio state Man, i'm gonna go georgia Wow, back-to-back dogs, huh? Yeah, I feel like disrespecting them uh, a lot, but they've consistently won. And last weekend, oh my gosh, against Florida, at least in that first half, Mm. they look dominant. I'm sticking with my preseason pick. I'm going Ohio State as well. But uh, it's time for these Week 10 picks, and we had a little bit of a teaser for a few of them just then. And why don't we get it started with the best game this week. There is so much hype around this game. I think I just saw uh, something that said, I don't know how accurate this is, the ticket prices in this game are the highest ever. of ever any college football game ever. I believe it. Yeah. Um, so here we have it. Number one, Tennessee travels to play number three, Georgia. Yeah, it seems like every year we get that game of the century game in the SEC, and, and this is that one this year. It's, it it kind of seems like a toss-up, but I really do believe Georgia is a much better football team, and especially being that they're they're at home, right? Yep. Okay. There you go. They're at home. I love Tennessee. The Hendon Hooker energy is great, but give me UGA. I know. Tennessee is so fun. I love them so much, and I don't want them to lose a game. But, man, I think Georgia's going to come into this game. I think they might actually beat Tennessee by two scores. I just think they're, they're a lot more complete of a team, and every time I doubt them, they win. So I got Georgia. Yeah, my thing with Georgia is they, when they're at their best this year, they have looked like the best team in college football. However, we have seen the inconsistency in Georgia this season. Take the Missouri game, take the Kent State game. So you just have the feeling that Georgia is going to have to play 
near the top of where they're able to play. Meanwhile, Tennessee, they played at a consistent level all season. I had Georgia highlighted. I was going to pick Georgia here. However, now that I've heard the two Georgia picks, I can much more confidently say I'm going with Tennessee. Okay. I right. think Georgia's going to not get up well enough for this game. It's going to be a hype game. It's going to be on the road. I think maybe the crowd gives Georgia an early lead, but the second that Tennessee offense starts rolling, and I think they will roll against this Georgia defense, I think Tennessee can take advantage of a Georgia team that has played pretty sloppy at times this year, and I think Tennessee wins. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I right. hope you're that's, right, that's a, valid, that's a valid take. I hope you're wrong, too, Colt. Uh, next up, we have another top 10 <laughs> SEC battle. The committee made sure of that. Number 6, Alabama, travels to Death Valley to play number 10, LSU. Guess what? This one is, in fact, a night game. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning of the year, my bulletin board material was I had Alabama not losing like a single minute of a football game up until this game. Obviously, that did not ring true, but I still believe LSU will lead at points in this game. This is going to be a back-and-forth contest. I just can't wrap my mind around Jaden Daniels beating Nick Saban. (laughs) So for that reason, I'm going to take Alabama, but I could seriously see this game being the Alabama elimination game and – as, as bitter as I am at times about Jaden Daniels, that would be freaking awesome if LSU got it done. Not just not because I don't like Alabama, but that would be just a great just a great story. So I'm going to take the Crimson Tide, but I think this is going to be a really fun game. Yeah, Bama on the road at LSU in Death Valley at night. Yeah, I'm going to take LSU in this game. Okay, Bama has struggled multiple like times it. throughout this season on the road. I think they've given up roughly 30-plus points per game on the road. You saw them against Texas. Should have lost that game. You saw them against Tennessee. They actually lost that game. I think Jaden Daniels and Brian Kelly, they've got this ship rolling at LSU, and I think they get – I mean, Jaden Daniels, he's got that dog in him. He does. And I this think, year, yeah. I this think, year, yes. <laughs> this year he does. I think that's the difference, and I think LSU wins this one outright. Yeah, um, this one, Jaden Daniels has been balling for LSU. He has transcended to a different level. Um, And because Bryce Young's missed a few games this year, I think the stat comparison between these two guys is actually pretty similar, which is funny because we all know Young is a much better quarterback. Um, Bama is in a tough spot. Back-to-back road games, they haven't been playing on the road, well on the road. And if they lose either one of them, it's probably a 90% chance they don't even make it to the SEC championship game because LSU's two games after this, Arkansas and A&M. They just have to win one of those if they win this game. And then there's Ole Miss next week. Ole Miss has a bye, and then Ole Miss's next two games, I think, are Arkansas and, like, Auburn or Florida or something weird like that to the point where it's like Bama cannot slip up in either of these two weeks. Otherwise, one of these teams will be playing Tennessee or Georgia uh, in the SEC championship game. With that, I think Bama guts this one out and I think I just think LSU it's still year one under Brian Kelly I feel like the the bar has been raised a little too high the moment's a little too big for this team that isn't quite there yet it is a Jaden Daniels led team yes as as much (laughs) as yeah that's all I gotta say um in the chat we have um hold on was that was that Allie yeah Allie saying she's been barked at by a Georgia fan before so I've heard that from a lot of people yeah I've heard that's like a thing like Georgia fans bark at people which you know Georgia, the people in the South. It's I weird. saw a Washington fan do it at the ASU game, too. Really? Yeah. And they're trying to make that a Washington thing? Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. I hope no one's barking at the game this on, on Friday. Anyways, uh, <laughs> number 24, Hook'em Horns, Texas, traveling to play number 13, Kansas State. 
Hey, notice I put this game on here before the rankings dropped. Mm-hmm. Knowing Texas was going to hey. get ranked, that's a thousand IQ. Um, but who we got in this one? I'm going to go Kansas State. I don't know what happened last week, but they looked like the greatest team yeah. in the history of college football. <laughs> I don't think Georgia beats Oklahoma State 48 nothing in that fashion. Yeah, Kansas State put on a clinic, and that's thanks to their quarterback, Will Howard, and their running back, Deuce Vaughn. That is a top five QB running back combo. I'm going to say in the country. That is wow. a high-powered duo right there. This is going to be a much closer game. Uh, Kansas State's defense, despite the fact they pitched a shutout last week, is still vulnerable against the pass. I think uh, Texas is going to put up some points. It's going to be a shootout. But i got to go with K-State here. I understand, Aiden. <laughs> Kansas State absolutely demolished Oklahoma State last weekend. But you went to 6th Street. I went to 6th Street. <laughs> okay, and they've got a quarterback with a mullet. I'm taking Texas because of mullets. Nice. That's very valid. I mean, with that same logic, Coastal Carolina is obviously undefeated as well. They're also going to make the group of five uh, New Year's Six. Yeah, they have to. Um, even though it's going to be Boise State. <laughs> The Big 12, I, I, I said it last week after we all picked Oklahoma State. Uh, the Big 12 makes no sense. It's impossible to predict. You can use all the, the allegories and, and whatever symbolism, knife fight, whatever you want to call in the Big 12. Let me just use an example. Uh, Baylor loses to West Virginia. West Virginia turns around, gets clapped by Texas Tech. Texas Tech turns around and gets crushed by Baylor. So it's just really unpredictable. Oklahoma might start going on a run here. They've looked good. Um... I think Texas wins this one, and that's mostly because I'm digging my heels in. I keep putting Texas way too high in that tier list, according to other people. And I'm telling you, they're a good team. This is a. I think Texas might be favored, actually. Favored by two I think and a half. They are. Yeah. So, so hmm. for people doubting how good Texas is, hey, Vegas thinks Texas is good. So why not ride? With they them? had a buy going into this game as well, which is going to help for the preparation. There's, there's no way Kansas State comes out looking as good as they did last. No way. If they do. They could be a dark this, horse for the playoff. Yeah. I mean, at two losses somehow. With that backup quarterback? Yeah, Will Yeah, Howard. with that backup quarterback. Um, it's un- unreal. Yeah, and so next up on the slate, we have number four, Clemson, traveling to play a revitalized Notre Dame team that just finished disposing of Syracuse. Yeah, uh, Colt, you mentioned bye weeks and, and how that can benefit teams. Clemson coming off a of bye week here. Um, I think that's... That really is going to pay dividends for them. Like you mentioned, Budge, Notre Dame does look like just a completely different team than yep. they did against Marshall and really in that those first few games during the season. This is going to be a really fun game. I do think Clemson wins. Obviously, that you know when the playoff's on the line, Dabo Sweeney's your coach. DJ Uyunglele is your quarterback. Give me Clemson. Yeah, I think Notre Dame will be up 14-0 at the end of the first quarter. And then all of a sudden, Notre Dame is just going to struggle offensively, and Clemson will slowly work their way back, and then they're just going to win by three. It's going to be super lame because everyone wants Clemson to lose, but it's going to end up happening because it's already happened about four times this year. Yeah, Clemson's resiliency this season has been something to admire. It's been very impressive seeing them pull out these wins, pull out these games. Notre Dame had that weird blip on their schedule. They lost that game to Stanford. But you look outside of that game, the North Carolina game, BYU, UNLV, it's UNLV, and Syracuse, their offense went from being a, just a horrible, non-existent thing. They're actually 
performing well and putting up points. Clemson has fallen behind early, like you said, Colton, a few games this year, and they've gotten out of it. And I, I know for a fact that Dabo Sweeney, after that Syracuse game, was thinking to himself, like, ooh, we got away with one. Clemson is still going to be starting DJ for this game. And I think that's going to come back to bite him. I think DJ mm-hmm. makes some mistakes early, and I think Klubnik makes his way back in this game, but I think it's going to be too little, too late Whoa. on the road. I got Notre Dame pulling the upset. Wow. I think finally Clemson falls because of one of their slow starts. Uh, next up, I keep fading Clemson. We'll see when it works. <laughs> uh, next up, we have number 21 Wake Forest traveling to play number 22 NC State. Two teams where, I mean, this is just your seasons have not gone the way you want to at this point. Both teams have sustained multiple losses. Uh, who you got in this one? I got Wake Forest. Uh, NC State is a team that I've faded all year, and I'm going to continue to do that because without Devin Leary, they're kind of just a mid-football team in my opinion. Uh, Wake Forest got embarrassed by Louisville last week. I, was it eight turnovers? Something like eight that. Turnovers, it was I a believe, blowout. Yeah. It was like 48-21 to 21 final score. They just got absolutely destroyed. But despite that setback, Wake Forest, we we forget like before last year, this was this was a bottom tier Power Five program, and they kind of remind me of Duke in the mid 2015s when they had, like a two three year run with with Cutcliffe as their head coach. Like Wake Forest is not going to overlook anybody; they're not going to let one bad loss get to them. Yeah, and for that reason, I've got the Demon Deacons on the road. I initially had NC State circled as the winner of this game, but. Hayden, you're right. They don't have Devin Leary. And Wake Forest, okay, going into the second half, they were up 14-13 to 13 on Louisville before they gave up 35 points in the third quarter. I think as long as they don't throw three picks and give up five more turnovers, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll gut this one out. I got Wake Forest. Yeah, the eight turnovers last week was awful for Wake Forest, and there's no doubt they'll put out a better performance this week. Um Wake Forest defense has been bitterly disappointing this season, uh, and it's a thing that some people thought would be improved this year and help make them a contender. NC State's defense, however, I think they've been pretty impressive despite the offensive struggles. I think this game's going to be sloppy, it's going to be ugly, but I like NC State with a slight edge. It's a night game. They get to be the home team. Um, so give me NC State. Wow. Upset pick time. Um forgot to look up how we did on our upset picks. You guys remember? Mine was wrong. I, I got a Louisville over Wake Forest. You did. So Cole actually had an impressive one. He called it pretty pretty much on, to the T. He said, hey, I think this is going to be a random upset, and I think a few others happened. A few others did happen since he lost. And uh, Oklahoma State, I guess, wasn't an upset. Or was it an upset? It was an it upset. It was, yeah. yeah. Um, there's one other one that I just can't remember that happened. But it, I'll, it doesn't I'll matter. I'll scour the... Um, I picked Georgia... <laughs> to lose to Florida, which, you know, not my best work. Um, Cole, why don't why don't you lead us off here? Yeah, just on pure crackhead energy vibes, I'm going to go Texas Tech over TCU. Right, I feel like the rankings, you know, I mean, the, the matchups after the first ranking show, I remember the first week of Dak Prescott, the Dak Prescott year, where mm-hmm. they lost, they were number one, and the very next <clears throat> week they lost. I think that could very well happen with TCU. Just a great team that we've been hyping up that could, in the Big 12, that honestly is kind of a crapshoot sometimes, Texas Tech could pull this one off. I'm going to go with, this is another just random one, uh, Virginia over 17th ranked North Carolina. Mm, and yeah. uh, a big a big reason why Virginia is 3-5 and five and one of the most disappointing teams in the country is their quarterback, Brennan Armstrong, who was a superstar last year, 
and he's been downright horrific this year. Six touchdowns to nine interceptions. Yeah. That is really bad. And UNC's quarterback, Drake May, has basically been this year what Armstrong was last year. I think Virginia, who has like the worst offense in the ACC, they're going to just ball out in this game. Again, putting very little analysis into this. Uh, hasn't worked out for me, so we're, we're just throwing darts at this point. Give me UVA. Elliott, in his first or second year as coach, gets his signature win. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't blame Brennan Armstrong. I personally would blame Tony Elliott. Uh, he's just not a good quarterback yeah. coach. He's the new guy over there. He left Clemson, and guess what? DJ was horrific last year and yeah. is now competent this year. Um so that that's my two cents on that. I also think North Carolina's luck is about to run out. They just don't feel yeah. like the number 17 team in the country. They haven't beat anybody. Yeah. Um, and so upset pick for me, I'm going to go Indiana Whoa. plays host to a reeling Penn State team. We saw Indiana kind of test Michigan for a little bit there. And if they can test Michigan at home, they can they can probably test Penn State. And, hey, Indiana has one of the most underrated wins this season. They beat Illinois earlier this year, and Illinois would be a top 10 team if it weren't for that loss, so give me Indiana to beat Penn State. Last time they did that, they had the one Michael Penix Jr. as their quarterback, although I hope he's horrible this weekend. <laughs> Colt, let's go to your corner. We've got some Lakakeas after a 3-4-3 three, three performance, 3-0. and oh. For the How first about time. That? Yeah, no, that felt really good. We actually Duh. have my overall record all-time <laughs> <laughs> on lock of kids, it's 16, 16, and a push. All right. So I'm batting 500 right now with lock of kids. So there's a lot of slander I see in these comments. Can't really slander last weekend, but I don't know. You might be able to slander this one. All right, this week we got LSU getting 13 and a half against Bama. Well, I just picked them to win the game outright. I definitely think Jaden Daniels at least got that dog to keep this one close. So that's. You know, one out of three, bang. Number two, Georgia winning by more than eight points versus mm -hmm. Tennessee. Oh. Like I said, I, I think Georgia, you know, could win this game by two scores. No. And so I, I think that minus eight does hit and the luck runs out for Tennessee. Number three, uh, Budge's lock for the New Year six, Boise State. Bang. Is playing BYU this weekend and they're favored by seven and a half. Oh, that's a lock. BYU has lost... Four games in a row. They've looked atrocious. They East dropped, Carolina. Right. Uh, yeah. They dropped out of the group of five top 25 um, on our social but media But then they re-entered briefly. <laughs> they they, they re-entered briefly today due to a malfunction, but they're back out again. <laughs> okay, yeah. so we got that Boise State minus seven and a half. My lesson for the week, guys. Oh. All right. Worrying is literally betting against yourself. Wow! Wow! Yeah. That's wholesome. That's that's a, that was a wholesome you yeah. know advice of the week. I like the tips at the end of these. The the quotes. I I think <laughs> I that's agree. a good a good addition. It is a nice touch. Um, so there's no real good way to segue into this. The Stanford tree has been suspended. <laughs> <laughs> the Stanford tree has been suspended for holding up a sign with the help of Sparky. Sparky. Uh, Stanford hates fun. I mean, just what, what are your guys' thoughts on this That's story? the most Stanford thing ever for their own band and mascot to literally troll themselves. Yeah. Uh, it's just, <laughs> it's very Stanford. Um, it's I don't know. fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's literally, it's literally fun. I was there. I didn't see that at the game. Um, very few people were there at all to see that, which could be something they were hitting, hitting at a little bit. 
that was weird. I mean, that was I that I'm literally speechless. Like, I don't know what like why get Sparky's <laughs> help too. Like, I, I don't know. That. That's weird. Like, I feel like if who are we playing now? You see, uh, the Bruin came in and Sparky had a sign that said like ASU sucks and like held it in front of the student yeah. section. Like, I mean, Sparky's probably all about it when he got invited by the tree. Like, hey, come help me hold this sign <laughs> slandering our university. Yeah. I mean, what, what if the the tree held a sign saying fire David Shaw? I mean, <laughs> that, you know what I mean? That could have been a lot worse. They, they said he's suspended for probably multiple weeks, and I don't know if that means there's no more mascot for them for multiple weeks uh, or if the guy who was in the suit is suspended. So. Stanford has multiple trees. Wait, they have, it, like, yeah. the green tree, and then there's, like, the one that was, was doing that was tree. the red tree. Yeah, I saw that. That's so, so weird. They have I think, the weirdest mascot ever. I don't know. Yeah, it's I weird. I, I don't know, know what they're a, doing. My, I didn't know there was a guy in the suit. I thought it was just a tree, bud. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. All right, Colt. <laughs> yeah, relax. Um, my favorite part of this story, however, is the Stanford was like, how dare you accuse us of not being any fun let's punish you for that fun sign you made. So their exactly. their punishment for saying they weren't fun is proving that they're not fun and punishing the mascot accordingly. Free the Stanford tree is what I say. Or maybe, Free the tree. Maybe it's, maybe it's best that the tree is behind bars. Yeah, it's a <laughs> sketchy looking tree. I don't like it. What I don't like is that you can see the mascot through the... Like, it's yeah. often just like a, some leaves flap around. You can just see a weirdo. Like, I don't know. It's... <laughs> it's strange. We got an ASU home game this weekend. Budge always makes a sign. Um, I don't know if you know this. Every time, pretty much, we we have an ASU home game, he writes a sign that says "Fire Clay Helton." <laughs> really? Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. It's pretty funny. I mean, I I think it's a good joke. Uh, one time, I got it confiscated. We were playing USC, and they Bless had you. already fired uh, Clay Helton. He's already gone, right? Mm -hmm. And I was walking to the stadium with a sign, and some guy was like, "Can I see your sign?" And I was like, "Sure." And then he was like, I have to take that. You can't, like, you can't talk smack about the coaches. And I was like, no. Like an ASU employee yeah. said I, that? And I was like, no, you don't understand. He's already been fired. <laughs> and he was like, still, I have to take it. Because he just didn't get it. He thought he thought I was talking about one of the That's ASU dope. coaches. And so I got it. Yeah, they, they took it away from me. But Wow. They, what? They've also shrunk the signs. Have you noticed that? Yeah. They used to have these big signs you could bring. But now at the ones they have at the tailgate, at least, are just like... Also, I see a little less paint, a little less paint brushes. Hmm. Ah, man. I don't, know, I don't know what's going Come on. Come on. Hey, pay cuts, man. Um, Where's the it, innovation <laughs> issue? True, actually. Week 10, Pac-12 picks. We've got a Friday night game, night game in Seattle, 7.30 p.m. Our time kickoff. Number 23, 23rd ranked. Oregon State travels to play Washington. This is a game I feel like Oregon State would have lost in the last couple of years. This is a prove-it game for the Beavs, and they're going to prove they're the better team here. Oregon State goes on the road into Seattle. They get the win. Michael Penix Jr., I think he's he's going to have his worst game of the season, and he's never thrown for under three. I mean, I didn't look at his stat line against Cal, but basically every game he's played in, he's thrown for at least 300 yards. I don't think that happens. UW is very reliant on him balling out. If he doesn't ball out, I trust Oregon State. I trust their coaching staff. And I, more importantly, I trust their ground game to win the time of possession, limit mistakes. And that's why I think they get it done here. Yeah, I think if Oregon State, man, if they can do that exact same thing on the ground that they did two weeks ago, 
they got this in the bag. And, and I'm actually really rooting for Oregon State, not just for you, Budge. I'm also rooting for them. But because <laughs> in two weeks, ASU hosts Oregon State, so it's meant to be, right? Oregon State has to win this. It is a Friday night, but you know what? Chaos happens on Friday nights, and so that's why the Beavs are going to get it done. This is this is a huge game for Oregon State. Huge, huge game. Um, I feel like I've said that a lot this year, but it just feels like there's been a lot of swing games as we learn just how good this Oregon State squad actually is. Um, it's in Seattle, which I think is a huge factor. Seattle has been a house of horrors for us. This is going to be an ultimate chess match. You've got one of the best passing offenses in the country versus one of the best pass defenses in our conference, at least. And then you've got one of the best rushing attacks in our conference versus a very, very stout Washington run defense. It's going to be about which coach can figure out how to make his offense not one-dimensional. I do think the coaching edge goes to Jonathan Smith here. He's more proven. He's played more Pac-12 games. Uh, he's He's been around this a lot. He's been able to game plan. He's been in these types of games before. Um, and I, I think... All logic in me in analyzing this game wants me to give Oregon State the edge here. However, I have experienced too many of these games in Seattle and too many of these games against Washington in general. I think the Huskies beat us, and I think they beat us just by the narrowest of margins. But still got a lot to play for, even with the loss here. But if it comes down to a fourth and one at the goal line and Oregon State's down by anything and they need a touchdown... I mean, the jack, jackhammer exists, so that game's over. Oregon State's won. You they, win. They probably would blow the whistles before the ball was snapped, and the refs would call it game just so no one gets injured. Exactly. Because they know that the jackhammer's scoring. Um, next up, we have number eight, Oregon, traveling to play Colorado. Oregon still has the MacGuffin. Can the Buffaloes pull off an insane upset? No. Ah. Uh, <laughs> this is, for some reason, like prime time on ABC. Wow. I, Thanks, ABC. I don't the understand. Game, that's yeah, that, that's... There that's, we go. There we go. Yeah. Uh, ASU just put up 42 on Colorado. Uh, just Lord have mercy on that defense. Um, Bo Nix, he's still having fun, and I think he oh, will yeah. continue to have fun against Colorado. I could see this being one of those, like, 65-7 to 7 oh, conference man. games. It's <laughs> going to be bad. And, uh Yeah. Uh, Oregon. Oregon by a lot. Yeah. Bonix two weeks ago had six touchdowns. Last week, five touchdowns. That's 11 touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Throw on another six more. I think Oregon absolutely runs train on Colorado this weekend. Give me Oregon. I think uh, Oregon's offense will still play very well, and they'll still drop 40, 50 points, whatever you want to give them. Um, Colorado, I think, is actually going to put a few drives together. I think they'll they'll surprise the Ducks, maybe put up 20 on them, something like that. Um, they, they've been playing some inspired football. You know, it hasn't led directly to a lot of wins. It led to one win. But, I mean, you look at that Cal team that was able to keep it close with the Ducks. Not close, but, you know, 18-point game, respectable. I look for Colorado to keep it respectable. But, hey, when the MacGuffin's in the mix, you can never count on anything too much. Watch out for Colorado, even though, you know. If Colorado gets the MacGuffin, <clears throat> that thing is easily being transferred off to the very next team they play the following week. Yeah, who do they play the following week? That's actually a good question. Because I want there to be a path for ASU to get it. There was one. If UCLA would have won, that was the direct path. But... Uh, no, now it's Oregon State. Yeah, I mean, Colorado then plays USC, so it would just literally go to USC, basically. Unless Colorado <laughs> beat USC, too, then they would keep it. But I, I don't know if that's going to happen. But uh, next up we have uh, another Pac-12 game here. Washington State traveling to play Stanford. Definitely an intriguing game. Yeah, it's going to be just a 
low-scoring, ugly game. It'll be fun, but in a in an ugly kind of way. Yeah. Um, the Cardinal <laughs> are banged up, to say the least. They have little to no home field advantage in this game. They have scored two touchdowns in their last three games combined. But they are somehow 2-1 and one in those games. And that's because they have the next coming of Justin Tucker and Joshua Cardi, who is probably going to win special teams player of the year in the Pac-12. And not to mention, Stanford has a bad run defense, but Wazoo has the fewest rushing yards in the Pac-12 by a long shot. They're averaging... Like 80 yards per game it's on the it's ground. It's worse than Mike Leach, bro. Yeah, so they're <laughs> going to be one-dimensional. And I don't trust Cam Ward going up against a top three pass defense in the conference. So I'm going to go with Stanford. Uh, Stanford gives me no reason to think they're going to win this game just based on how they look. But if you look at the, the stats and, dare I say, analytics, I mean, this is definitely a game that I think Stanford could win, and I think they will win. Oh, man. So Stanford just did not look good at all last weekend. I don't like Tanner McKee at all. I think he's struggled throughout this season. Um, it's kind of surprising that they beat Notre Dame after how they looked last weekend as well. Oh, yeah. Um, Wazoo is a slight four-and-a-half favorite in this. They did compete versus a quality Utah team last week. I, I think when it comes down to it, Wazoo has a mascot and Stanford doesn't. So <laughs> oh, yeah. give me Wazoo. They have a superior mascot, too. I mean... It's not a great mascot, but anything's better than Stanford. Um, yeah, I, I agree with a lot of the points Hayden said, actually. Stanford is also fourth in the conference in sacks, which I think is a very key in this game. Washington State allows the most sacks in in the conference, at least. Probably nationally, it's pretty high, too. I think it comes down to that. I think Stanford is going to make it so Cam Ward, as I call him, Sham Ward, is, is not going to be able to make plays. I like Stanford to pull an upset. Washington State's like a four-and-a-half-point favorite, so... Yep. Go Trees. Next up, we have Arizona traveling to play number 14, Utah. Rising status for this game still up in the air. Yeah, we forget this was a close game last year. In U of A's 1-11 season, Utah only won by 9 as a 24-point favorite. I remember that. I remember that. That was, a, that was almost probably the upset. Would have been the upset of the year if U of A pulled that off. 100%. Yeah, the, the Cam rising status I don't really think is going to play a huge uh is not going to be a, a huge deal in this game. U of A's defense is just bad. It, regardless of who Utah runs out there, they're going to score points. Yeah. U of A's offense, on the other hand, they're good. They put up 37 on a top 10 team last week, but Utah's defense is superior to USC's and Utah's at home. So there's no reason for me to go against the Utes here. Exactly. Utah's defense is superior. And also when Jaden Delora plays against quality defenses – he shrinks. Okay, he throws a lot of picks. He's not as effective. I do think if Cam Rising is not playing, that could keep Arizona in it at least offensively. But at the end of the day, just like how last weekend USC was able to edge Arizona offensively, I think it's going to happen again, just because that defense is so bad for the Wildcats. Yeah, I mean, no, no Rising being back. Um, what I think could make this game interesting, contrary to, to what you guys have sort of been saying. Because, um, I don't know, Washington State's offense was really bad, and Utah's offense was limited, limited, very clearly limited. And so I feel like with no rising in this game, if Arizona's crap defense can just focus and hone in on that run, and their offense can cook at least a little bit versus a very good Utah defense, I mean, 
Utah's defense has shown cracks at points this season. We've yeah. talked about it. They've given up some some pretty big point totals to teams. So Arizona could make this one more interesting than it might look on paper, but I do like Utah. Looks like Utah's favored by 17.5 still. Yeah. Yeah, I just think, like, if it were any other defense than U of A, yeah, then I think it, it would be a, a different scenario. But Utah is really injured on offense, aren't they? Without both their tight ends, didn't yeah. didn't Kincaid, Kincaid get hurt too? It sucks. And mm. Thomas might still be out. So there's that. They're gonna have yeah, to manufacture. U of A could make it a game. I'll, I'll kind of switch that. I still have Utah winning though. All right, number twelve, UCLA traveling our backyard to play Arizona State. Let's go. Um, I actually think this is a terrible matchup for ASU. Really? UCLA's tempo and ground game are second to none in this conference. Mm. And ASU is just going to have a tough time keeping up on defense. Colorado was able to move the ball on ASU. And actually, the stats didn't show it. I thought JT Shroud had one of his best games of the year. He made some unbelievable throws. But... I think with Trenton Borgay as the starting quarterback, it's official now. He is the guy here. Let's go. Um, ASU has a lot more upside on offense, so I I think they can hang kind of in the first half. But at the end of the day, I don't think uh, I don't think the Devils are going to get enough stops, and for that reason, I got UCLA. This is Pac-12 after dark written all over it. This is 6:30 at night or 7:30 at night national TV. This offense for ASU is completely different. With Trenton Borgay back there, Sean Aguano's calling plays now. I that just, is a he I, has yes. a great scheme. I love this offense since you know since last weekend, and yes, defensively there's going to be some issues. But when you're playing on the road, you've got you know ASU family weekend. Uh, uh, really, Ohana's painted on the sidelines. Ohana's on the sidelines. Yes. Oh, we win. We're rushing the field, baby. <laughs> I, I wish I could have let you go last because I'm about to pick UCLA. But uh, oh. I, I, I do love, you said all the points I wanted to hit on. Arizona State's offense looks much better. This UCLA team has just blown us away. And honestly, even if we lose to UCLA, which it'll be just a tough pill to swallow, we can still sit back and admire, hey, that team we were all really high on and, and not a, people, other people were saying they would win eight or nine games. We were all in the 10 to, to 12 range. Mm-hmm. That with a win here, they almost clinch 10 wins. So yeah. we can give ourselves a little pat on the back, even if UCLA wins, and say, hey, we knew this team would be here. So it's a win-win. Even if, well, it's a win if nah, they lose Maybe. It. Wait, maybe for you guys. They're so, painting Ohana on the sidelines? Yeah. That is absolutely awesome. That is the coolest thing that's ever happened in the history of ASU yeah. football for me. I thought you were about to say in the history of Hawaii. Anyway. <laughs> like, oh, I remember Oregon a couple years ago. They did like Ohana jerseys. It was actually really cool in like honor of Mariota and everything that mm-hmm. he did. I think that is so cool. I love ASU for that's that. That's pretty cool. I'm going to stay another semester and fail all my classes just there for that. There you go. All right. Well, I don't know how your family will feel about that, but you know what? <laughs> uh, next up, we have a battle in the state of California. Cal travels to play number nine, USC. Can they find a uh, life? Yeah, their uh, win against U of A was a little too, little too close for comfort. But if USC gets Addison and Williams back at wide receiver... I mean, even without them, USC will be able to score at will against any opponent. Cal, look, I mean, I can see this being a Jaden Ott game. Let's say, let's let's put it that way. He's gone missing since the U of A game. I don't know yeah. what happened to Jaden Ott, but if Cal can get him going, that USC defense is susceptible, and Cal's desperate for a win. 
I mean, literally, Justin Wilcox might be co- coaching for his job. If he hasn't already lost it. If he hasn't already lost it. Um, I think, actually, Cal is going to play well in this game, but I'm going with USC. They pull away late. Man, this is just way too much offense on USC versus a Cal team that, I don't know, Jaden Ott, I swear, ever since he was the freshman of the week or whatever a few weeks ago, he has just fallen off. So has Cal, to be fair, in the month of October. And I think that continues in November. I got USC absolutely hammering Cal. Oh, I'll tell you what, Jaden ought to figure it out soon. Otherwise, oh, there's going to be some issues. Uh, I think Wilcox will be fired at season's end. And I think Cal loses this game, and it's just it just has not been good. I'm tired of I'm tired of putting my confidence in Wilcox and this Cal team. My initial Cal prediction at the start of the year was eight wins. I, I kind of bargained myself back down to seven six win range, and it's just I'm just tired of banking on Cal. I made excuses for him last year because of the COVID thing, and I, I'm just tired of it. So give me USC, Cal. You you will always disappoint me. Um, but it's time for some fact or fiction, um, and we'll start this one off here. Uh, fact or fiction, I forgot to do fact or fiction today. Fact. I'm going to go fiction. Oh, <laughs> and Hayden goes one for one. Uh, that's it. I, don't, I didn't have anything else written down here, okay. which I, I noticed early in the show, and I was like, should I try and hammer out a fact or fiction? But it's not worth it. But we've got the name game. Okay. After a... By the way, uh, the Astros pitched a combined no-hitter against oh, the Phillies. And over? It, they just won 5 nothing. Mm. The series is now tied 2-2. Two two. Boski mm. can't be happy about that one. Yeah. He's a Phillies fan? He's a huge Phillies fan. Yeah. He's, wow. been, he's been watching every Big game. Big Ryan Howard guy. Okay. Yeah. Isn't oh, he from huge, Isn't he from California though? And he's like a, and he's a Phillies, Patriots, Patriots, Barcelona. Barcelona. Okay. He's all over the place. So, I mean... The two the teams that were like really good in two thousand eight. You know <laughs> what I mean? You're Warriors, Warriors, I think so. Warriors. Okay. Well, Warriors you can at least respect. And the Patriots aren't great anymore, so that's you know right. respectable. And uh, you know, it's weird. All right. we can't we can't question his nah. his life choices. He's stuck with them at least since that that time. True. But um that concludes Factor Fiction. <laughs> wow. Uh, any any other I mean, any any thoughts? Any anything's on the college football world this week? I mean, typically the last question is related to Hawaii. Okay, Hawaii. I'll, I'll throw you one. Oh, go you, no. You, what's you, the question? Um, fact or fiction? We play Fresno <laughs> State this weekend on the road. Hawaii uh, upsets Fresno State. <laughs> you know, on the road. We've won this game two years in a row. Believe it or not, we won this in Todd Graham's first game. We won this. Last year when um, Cordero went down and Bo- not Borgay, uh, Braden Shager <laughs> was our backup QB and actually came in and won the game. We forced five turnovers. Fresno State looks like an absolute animal, especially now with Hayner back. Nah, but that's terrifying. History could repeat itself three times in a row. True, you've already beaten Hayner before. So, so. I got Hawaii over Fresno State. <laughs> there you go. All right. I mean, uh, I think it's time for the name game here. Um, Hayden, how are you feeling All about right. your name? You want to go first? Um, this one. I don't think you'll get this one, but if you do, it's it's it's, it's definitely not an easy one. It's whatever. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not an easy one. All right, here we go. UCLA O-lineman, Raekwon O'Neal. Oh, boy. Uh, Hawaiian? Uh, not a Hawaiian. <laughs> uh, R? Uh-huh. A? Yep. Y? No. Tough. Ooh, Raekwon. Couldn't even get Raekwon cold. R? <laughs> yep. A? Mm-hmm. E! Incorrect. What? Okay. No Kina. 
It's Raekwon, R-A-I-Q-W-O-N. What? That's yep. out of pocket, bro. Did you say Colt could get this one? Or did yeah, you say no. there's no chance? Uh, they and said then, no chance. Oh, Okina Neil. Oh, so there was an Okina. Or it's oh, not, oh, not Neil. technically <laughs> I know. What, I know. what is this? Are we putting Okinas in non-Hawaiian names now? What is this? That's not, I mean, you guys don't own the Okina, and no, no one else calls Okina. it Okina. It's probably like an apostrophe or something. Yeah, it's probably, I'd, I'd say <laughs> it's that's... It's like the thing that's in Shaquille O'Neal. Yes. I guess his last name you is O'Neal. You guys don't own the Okina. All right. We do. <laughs> Trademarked the apostrophe and renamed it. Um, I think, did we have, I'm not doing this guy, but I just Fact saw his name fiction, there. Budge didn't do a spelling game name either. No, I did, I did. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I kind of did. I, I mailed it in. Um, but... Here we go. I do have one available. Um, he's a freshman from Keller, Texas. Welcome, Horns. He's a, a linebacker. Okay. Uh, he goes to Cal. You could get this one. Okay. We may have done this one before. I never, I never uh, checked. Uh, Curly Thomas the fourth. Oh boy. The fourth. That would be interesting. Uh, C. You're not gonna make it to the fourth, but okay. Yep. C is correct. U. That's also correct. R. Wow. L? Uh-huh. Why? No. <laughs> so, the Y was incorrect, Cole. You have used your C first. C-U-R-L-I. That is incorrect. And you have lost the spelling game. Uh, Curly Thomas. Uh, C-U-R-L. You got that part. E-E. Oh, stop And it. then Thomas is spelled exactly how Thomas is spelled. T-H-O-M-A-S. And then the fourth is just a Roman numeral... Roman numeral. Like Stetson Bennett does on the back exactly. of his Exactly. I also I saw this Hawaiian name, or maybe it's not Hawaiian, Samoan. Uh, something. Something name. Moso o Aipala Tuitele? What the? Is it Fa Tuitele's brother? It could be. Maybe. It could be. He's from Aurora, Colorado. He's also a true freshman. That's actually unreal. Moso o... Anyways, um, I knew you would have gotten that one, right? Because he's Hawaiian. Oh, yeah. Okay, guaranteed. guaranteed. Um, Jinx. It's, uh, let's just let uh, Michael Scott take us to our outro, and then we'll get up to some shenanigans here in the last uh, three minutes. All I can do right now is put on a brave face and go out there and be their leader. It's over. We are screwed. We are screwed. I just almost fell over in my chair. I don't know if you guys saw that. The back leaned back way further than I thought. Whoa. Like, look at this. Look at how far. Well, I guess wow. it's not that far. Well, maybe I was being dramatic. But, uh. Impressive slate ahead of us. That it is. You know what? Forget about football. What do you? What are you guys' plans this weekend? Family weekend? Uh, I mean, I'm gonna be working the game as always. So, mm. it's uh, I do kind of miss being able to just kind of watch as a fan. But I do get to catch like most of the game. So, I will say, there's some games where I'm glad I was working the game. Eastern Michigan. Oh. Glad yeah. I wasn't there for that. Well, as a fan. Um, but you know. <laughs> I guess if there was a year you were going to be, like, an assistant for this your favorite year. school, you this a is good a good year, year where yeah. you miss the first quarter of, like, every game. You'll take it. I'm excited for Thanksgiving food around the corner. Yeah, let's mm. talk about that. What's your what's your uh, favorite Thanksgiving dish? I know we kind of did this last year or something to yeah, that effect. Obviously, we'll have the traditional Thanksgiving we, we special. We have to. We but, have to. Uh, where we debate yams. on candied yams. Yeah, I love candied yams. So you can't beat it. Yeah. I love stuffing. Stuffing is so good. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know that's debatable. But uh, I mean, we didn't go hard enough. <laughs> I in the Halloween can't tell episode. you what stuffing yeah. is though. 
It's just, but it is good. They put it's it like the, bread and... All I know is they violate the turkey with it or something like yeah, that to, to cook it. It's, it's a pause. And I, <laughs> that's not even a pause moment. Have you seen what they do to the turkey? To put, like, the turducken? The turducken. Have you ever had turducken? I've never had a turducken. I've not had turducken either. It uh, should be like the Virginia Tech Oregon Trophy. The turducken. <laughs> I, I, you know, have they ever played? I don't think up. so. Yeah. Here we go, Virginia Tech. It would I. There's got to be like a Sun Bowl or something. The lowest USA. price for that Tennessee Georgia game this weekend is six hundred twenty-six dollars. What's what? Oh my gosh! Most really? expensive is a uh, five thousand two hundred thirty-three. That's pretty ridiculous. They've never met. Ah, never too met. bad. Well, wow. I'd say this was a thrilling success, guys. Um, any any parting words of wisdom before we head into this week ten? Um, Ohana. Sean Aguano is the best thing to happen to ASU football this year, and wow. even though even though ASU is not a not a great football team, they've been fun to watch these last few weeks. Even in their ugly game against Stanford, they had some fun moments. There's some guys stepping up on offense, and get, oh, Herm Edwards, by the way, back at ESPN. I, saw I don't that. know if you guys saw that. <laughs> yeah. There's a little nugget for you, but. I love Sean Aguano, and I hope he stays aboard. And I can't wait to hug Sean Aguano and all the entire ASU football players after we win the game on Saturday and rush the field. If that's what we got, I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colt Almodova. And with that, we wave goodbye. Going to come back to the near side, pick six. But see that Make it to Hunter. Lofted towards the end zone.